0: Welcome to Bellwether. Thank you for joining again today. Uh, this is the episode that you have all been waiting for. I know it is. Why did Jim Frawley quit drinking? And it's a, a, a big topic of discussion. I know you've all been talking about it over your dinner tables and everything else. Not really. Um, but I wanted to, to talk about it. Last week, I talked about my dark place. And, um, what the Ironman taught me about getting through my dark place. And, you know, you get to the end of a race and you realize that, you know, there is a finish line and you will get there and, and that, um, and how it relates today. We're sitting in isolation and, uh, we're all alone and, and you can't really talk about a dark place without talking about why I quit drinking. They certainly go hand in hand. My dark place got, uh, much, much worse the more I drank, uh, not real, not realizing it at the time. Um, but now I know the, uh, you know, when I, when I take a look at news reports, booze consumption is through the roof. We're stuck at home. We're drinking a lot. Um, because what else are we going to do? Uh, many people have reached out to me asking me about why, why I quit. Um, and what I did to quit and how I quit. Um, it's not that, you know, not all of these people necessarily want to just give up booze. They're not saying that they have a drinking problem. It's just they're drinking more than they want to, and you know, they want to replace it with something else. They don't know what it is yet, but they wanna just not, you know, you sit around, you're bored in your house all freaking day. Sometimes all you want is a cocktail, and that will just take you to another place. That's it. That's why I drank a lot. Um, and so uh an overarching comment. On this, and the reason I talk about my dark place, the reason I talk about why I quit drinking, um, is what I like. And when I went through the exercise of becoming an executive coach, they give you lots of exercises to do with people. And one of those things is, you know, who is the person that you want to be? Uh, And and we talk about it, and it sounds soft and cheesy and, and whatever. But when you actually sit down and do the work and write out the work of, you know, these are the words I want people to use to describe me. These are the words that I want to, uh, describe myself. Um, and then you ask yourself the hard question of, well, can you, um, <laughs> you could always just say, well, I'll start next week. Um, but it's it, it, all of this stuff. Like I, I had a lot of experiences, a lot of, uh, self-discovery, a lot of, uh, work that I had to do to get me to the point where I was okay to not drink, um, but one of those things, and, and the reason uh, was that I always admired someone when I was putting together this little, little superhero of the person that I wanted to be. I'll take a little bit of this person, a little bit of that person. A person in control was a person that I always admired. And when I say a person in control, it's not just you know in control of your emotions and in control of you know whatever you can do. Uh, it's a person who's comfortable in their own skin. And a person who could just matter of fact talk about whatever they wanted to talk about, and and um, they didn't have a you know they didn't feel a need to hide things. They didn't really have this anxiety or this visible anxiety. It's just you know that's who they were. Um, you know, if someone said that they you know recovered from drugs, then fine. I'm, I'm I was a former drug addict, um, or that's just you know it, it became a part of who I am. I think that's why uh, a few. Weeks ago, I recommended This Is How by Augustine Burroughs. I feel like that's why I really enjoyed that book was it's just matter of fact. Okay? This is, yeah, uh, this person was an alcoholic and now they're not. Okay? And that's just part of who they were. It's in the past and they've recognized it and they've moved on. And I've always admired people who could do that. Um, and, and so I, I feel like those people, in essence, understand that nobody has their shit together. And that was a nice realization for me. Nobody has their shit together at all. Um, we like to think they do as we sit through our Facebook feeds and the picture of the four people, uh, the family and their little pet puppy and their white pick fence and everything looks great. And they do their Easter photo and their Christmas photo and their Thanksgiving photo and their everything else. And everything is beautiful. Um, who's got this trophy? Who's got that trophy? And that's amazing. We're fantastic. And when you you know peel back the onion, you say, holy cow, this house is a shithole. Um So it's, we live in this filtered information time. Everybody filters everything and and it it does damage to our psyche a little bit. Um, And there's research on that that you could go do. I'm not going to get into it today, but um, recognizing and understanding that no matter what comes through your social media feed or what you see from other people at a networking event or anything, nobody has their shit together. Okay. Everyone's got problems. Um, And so, so that's. Just something to remember, and that's a nice reminder for me. Uh, this episode, when I explain to you why I don't drink anymore, uh, I don't want this to be interpreted as a you-should-not-drink episode. Uh, I would never tell anybody not to drink. Some of my best memories, well, I subjective memories, uh, are from when I was out drinking with friends. Um, so I remember it being fun. I don't remember the, probably the damage we did, but it was uh, it was certainly fun. Um, everybody, everybody handles drinking differently. Everybody is a different type of drinker. Um, so if you want to drink, go ahead and drink. It's that's, that's your deal, not mine. Um, so I would never presume to tell someone not to do it. I personally got to the point where drinking for me wasn't additive. It wasn't helpful for me. Um, and then it evolved beyond to the fact that it wasn't additive, that it was probably detrimental. So that's why I just, you know, I just stopped it. Um, so let's level set. Let's talk about me. Um, there are people who can, uh, go out and have just a drink. Um, they just have one drink. They can go out and they have one beer. They sip it or they have their little glass of wine and they just sip it. Um, doesn't really affect them. They go home and then they may not have a drink for another couple of days, whatever. Um, I'm not one of those people. Uh, one drink with me, you got to have a second. And then after the second it's you know, well, we've had two, you know, let's, let's stick to, you know, number three. Um, and so when you went out with me or if you sat with me, it wasn't just a glass of wine. We had a bottle of wine. Um, you don't just have a beer, you have six, seven, eight beers, um, a baker's dozen, why not? Um, you know, it's good to have goals. So uh, you know, stopping at one actually, you know, when I think back on it, was was actually uncomfortable. It was just like, well, no, I want another one. I want another one. You gotta you have know, got a whole bar here. Why are we just stopping at one? You know, what else are we gonna do? Um, and so that's that's the type of person I am. I'm I'm the type of person who with one really wants more. And it's you know, it's not just the same with alcohol, it's the same with um, chocolate. I've, I'll blast through a box of cookies and, and a blink of an eye. Um, so yeah, so that's it. I didn't, um, I'm, I'm not a lifelong drinker. I didn't, I didn't actually have my first beer until I went to college, which is a little odd. Um, I always got home in one piece. I was actually pretty, I, I handled it pretty well for the most part in college. Um, I did some crazy shit, but who doesn't in college? Um, but I worked in restaurants, I worked in bars, I DJed, I bartended, I waited tables. It was, um, that's just what we did. Uh, we drank a lot, we tipped really well and, um, and it was college. So I wasn't one of these, uh, I had my first drink at seven years old and I've been an alcoholic ever since. And, um, I was skipping school and, and, uh, you know, doing whippets off of whipped cream, you know, things. Uh, I, I wasn't like this drug addled problem person. I was just a person who, um, had his first beer, first week of college, and and it just evolved. And then fast forward, um, I did my work, right? I, I, I got my work done. I loved my happy hours. I went to work hungover, you know, a couple times a month, um, uh, which was painful. But, you know, everybody does it. Like you go to work, you're a little hungover. You just kind of mail it in that day and then you pick it up the next day and your work is still getting your work done. Um, but by my mid to late 20s, it started to hurt. Um, and I really didn't want to drink anymore. Um, for two reasons. One, um, I didn't like hangovers. I I don't like being sick and I don't like being, um, feeling unhealthy and I don't like any of that. And, and I was also a big smoker. So when you drink and you smoke, your hangovers are really, really bad. Uh, and, and I also didn't really like what I was doing to the people around me. Like, if you're listening to this and you hung out with me in my late 20s, early 30s. Uh, no, late 20s. It kind of cut back in the 30s. But um, I had a very good ability to get you shitfaced, And I guess, I mean, I could probably do that today still. So I, I probably still have that ability. I'm very good at that. Um, and it probably went into my early 30s, I guess, a little bit. But it, if you went out with me. You were going to have a bad morning. It was, uh, it was, (laughs) Um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't good. So, uh, or or it was good. We had a lot of fun. But, um, and so, but by then I realized like this isn't really the person that I want to be. And so in my mid to late twenties, it really wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't being the person I wanted to be, but I didn't, um, uh, I I wasn't ready to stop drinking. I guess is probably the right way to say it. My head wasn't there, and and um, and I also wasn't ready to ask for help, um, which which is important, I think, for someone who wants to quit drinking or quit anything really. Is you have to get your head around the why, and I didn't have an answer to the why, other than the fact that I just didn't want to. Um, and and you know, it's a big thing. Like you say, oh, I'm just not going to drink anymore, and you, as a drinker. And, and your community and your people around you are drinkers. All of a sudden when you say, I'm not going to do it, they just, they want to know why and you have to have an answer or you feel like you have to have an answer. And so I didn't have an answer. Um, I didn't want people to think I had a problem. I didn't want people to think that I was, um, you know, I remember being around people who weren't drinkers and everyone was afraid of offending them by offering them a drink and they were walking on eggshells. And I didn't want people to walk on eggshells around me. I didn't want to do that to the people around me. Um, but I continued to drink, and I did that for you know a number of years, and uh, and I was in dark, dark places. I remember boozing late at night. I remember just you know hating myself that I was doing it. Um, I wasn't being the person that I wanted to be. Um, I would say time after time after time, oh, I'm never going to drink again. You know, with these hangovers, and um, that lasts. You know, we've all said it. It lasts until the weekend. Um, I would write letters saying to people that I wanted to, write emails that I wanted to quit drinking, but I would never send them. Um, because I wasn't ready and, um, and I, I would do little things on my own. I was, I'm a solitary person. I, I read the Alan Carr book, which doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> he claims it did. Um, I took weekends off of drinking. I did all that. And that's how it was for 10 to 15 years. It was like this cycle. Um, and it's not like I was, I was drunk all the time, right? It, I didn't go out every weekend. I didn't do it. I, I, I probably had a drink most days. Um, one or two glasses of wine with dinner. Um, sometimes I would drink a lot, and I would get my hangover. And we all—it happens with everybody. We all do it. Um, it's part of the culture, especially if you're in the Northeast U.S., where I am, where I grew up. Um, but no matter what happened, no matter how much I drank, no matter what I did, I always went back to this desire of being a non-drinker. Um, and I, I think is the reason why is I didn't want it to be part of my identity. And drinking was a part of my identity. I, w- I was a very fun drinker. If you went out drinking with me, I mean, I had something called the Frawley Drinking Crew. I had a drinking party in a different city around the world every month. Um, and the purpose wasn't to drink. I actually you know, didn't always drink a ton of that, but it was more about getting people together. And the getting people together was what I wanted to be part of my identity. I just didn't know how to do that outside of a bar. Um, I was always known as a fun bar person, but that's not who I wanted to be. And I didn't know how to change that identity and and when you're saying this is such a core part of my identity how do i just rip that away uh is a difficult thing to grapple with and that's one of the struggles and one of the reasons why it took me like 10 to 15 years to finally give up um to finally give up drinking is that it was just part of who i was Uh, i'm an irish american uh i live in new york right it's uh, i was born in the bronx um Spent some time in Philadelphia. Spent some time in D.C. It's, uh, it's it's just part of who a lot of people I know, um, I know are. So, but I never really addressed why I drank, and and that was one of the big things for me is you know why we all look for reasons to drink. If I hear it all the time, you know, a drink a day is healthy. Um, a drink a day is healthy. The Mediterranean diet allows a glass of red wine. So this is okay. That's why I'm drinking this bottle of wine. Um, which is funny when I hear that the Italians have wine with lunch, so it's okay and so say you're, you're an Irish person from the Bronx. Uh, you're not an Italian, right? And you're also eating it with a cheeseburger. They're eating fresh fish. So, um, uh, you know, you ask people, and the Mediterranean diet allows it. Are you doing the Mediterranean diet? No, I'm not. Oh, okay, that's that's fantastic. Good. Uh, we we will always pick out. I'm sure there's a psychological theory on why we pick out uh, all the things that we just want to hear. Um, there is a reason why the news tells you that alcohol is healthy is because you want it to be healthy. And uh, that's why that story comes out every three months is because they know you're going to click on it to validate whatever it is that you want to believe. And then they could sell advertising to that story. I will guarantee you, I don't know if this is a fact or not, but I, w- I would probably venture to guess that if you look at the news cycle, you know, study says drinking could be healthy for your health is uh, probably one of the top clicks that they do out there. And they probably sell a lot of advertising for that. But anyway, um, uh, it's just something that um, The reason that I drank back, back to the reason I drank Is is it's just something that was done um, You know you walk around um, You know I'd go on vacation I'd We'd walk around and say Alright well you want to go and have a drink Yeah okay let's go have a drink And there's so much to do uh, But we'd sit in a bar and just have a drink um, Walking around Manhattan What do you want to do I don't know let's just go have a drink Like that's just what you do it's, You just go have a drink um, and I'm very comfortable in a bar, and so that's really why I drank. It's just you know the thing to do. It's where you go. It's uh, it's that. Um, but the other reason I drank, and, and really it wasn't so much an issue of popping into a place and having a drink. It was the reason I drank so much was it brings you to a different place. Um. And and when you drank the way I drank, uh, you don't have to focus on you. Um. And when I drank, I was, I was an expert and I could solve anything. You know, I do, I would drink and think that was it. And I was very creative. Um, and, uh, I would go out, you know, if I, I launched a business and I was doing my business plan, I would just go to the bar, have a couple beers and just write out. And that was my place to think. And that was it. Uh, I thought I was really creative. I'd have all these great ideas. And then I'd strike up conversations with people and blah, blah, blah. Um, wake up the next day with a hangover, look at the scribble in my notebook. I had nothing to show for it. Um, and so I would have all these great ideas that never came to fruition. And after you know months of this, you look back and you say, wow, I spent a lot of time drinking and thinking, and my business is exactly where it was before, uh, nothing changed, and uh, I have nothing to show for it. And so um, that realization for me, I mean, I still had business, but it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Um, was probably what put me over the hump. Uh, was the fact that in in my mind I was failing. In my mind, I was doing all this work, and the business wasn't moving. In my mind, I was you know solving all the world's problems, um, but nothing changed. And uh, and for me to be successful, I knew that something had to change. And something had to be different. And and so all this work that I was doing in the bar or sitting around with a couple cocktails or doing everything, all that work was in my mind. Um, but nothing came out and nothing came to fruition. And nobody can see into your mind. Um, for me to be successful, for my business to be successful, I had to get out and interact with people and share my ideas with people. But I had to fine tune them. I had to, to create them. Um, an important thing to remember for all of us is that we are insignificant, okay? We don't matter. Um, I mean, we matter to ourselves, yes, you know, philosophically and all that all that good stuff. And yes, people care about you, right? I, I want you to remember people care about you. Uh, but nobody's going to move a mountain for you. And what I mean by we are insignificant, when I say that we are insignificant, is nobody's really thinking about you all of the time the way you're thinking about you. And so if you want a new job, if you want uh, to launch a new business, if you want to bring in new business, if you want whatever whatever it is that you want, you have to, like Catherine Nara said on, on the podcast, you have to articulate this vision to other people. They have to understand it. And just because you think that you're the greatest, uh, I don't know, pencil pusher out there, you're the greatest teacher out there, you're the greatest accountant out there, you're the greatest uh, public speaker, writer, whatever out there. Nobody knows it because they can't see it. And so what's in your mind for you to communicate this vision, uh, other people have to see it. And you can't do that just sitting around you know, at a pub. Um, Now, there are people who are just great interactive people and they've got great personalities and they could do all this. But for me and my business and my vision and what I wanted to create, um, I had to get out and I I had to communicate in a way that other people could understand it. And so by going out, just putting that tiny ball in motion is a step ahead of just thinking it through in your head, you know, over a couple of cocktails and and ending it there, right? Nothing changes after after a couple of drinks. Um and and to do that little bit of interaction with people to articulate that vision, to get that ball in motion, you have to put your best person forward. And that's not gonna be after, you know, a six pack. It's not going to be after drinking a bottle of wine, um, even though you like to think it is. It's not. Um, for people to help you, for people to help you get to whatever it is you want to do, you have to make it easy for them to help you. And uh, me being a boozer wasn't making it easy for other people to help me. Um and so that was that was a difficult pill to swallow. So uh, I wanted people to help me in the best way possible. And that's that's part of the reason why I did it. But so so that's one of the reasons, the big re- realizations for me that got me to stop. I mean, there were other things as well. Um, I mean, it was a combination of things. I, re- I remember when I told my wife I wanted to quit drinking, uh, the words that kept coming out of my mouth were that I was a failure. Um, I had business. Um But what I I meant by that was I just wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And right after quitting drinking is when I started Bellwether. That's what I wanted to do. But I never really, you know, we have this idea that a couple drinks will just take away our anxiety. Um, We have this belief that it just like calms our nerves a little bit so we can get something done. In actuality, the opposite happens. It actually drives anxiety. Uh, My conversations with people are much better. When I go to a networking event through the roof right I couldn't really have good conversations with you know when I was a drinker um because I I, I, I don't know there was this weird anxiety thing in the back in the back of my mind. Um, the business I had and the and the path that was going on wasn't the business that I wanted to build. Um, but so that was that right I, I felt like I was failing because I wasn't doing what I, I thought I was capable of I thought I wasn't doing what I, I wanted to do. Um, we also had at the time a 16 month old, um, and if you have kids, uh, you know that dealing with a flipping infant is not fun through two bloodshot eyes. <laughs> it's my daughter wakes up uh, even now. I, I talk to my wife now. We joke about it. If I was drinking right now in, in Coronaville in isolation with a flipping three-year-old, uh, it would be a very, it would be a very different time. Um, so I felt the value of, of not drinking almost instantly, uh, waking up in the middle of the night, taking care of a kid, um, and not having it bother you, not, you know, being, feeling miserable, splitting headache or anything like that is, uh, you know, you, you feel, um, you feel like a father, which is just an incredible feeling. Um, it was just, it, 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 it I enjoyed it. I felt like a dad. It, it didn't bother me to get up and, and, and getting up in the middle of the night, I didn't have to just say, oh, Gabby, wife, go deal with that, right? I could be the husband that my wife married. Um, I could be the husband that I was supposed to be. Um, It was, uh, uh, you know, my wife, uh, the reason I married my wife is because, and I tell people that she was just, you know, she makes me a better person. She is my partner. She's, I mean, when I told her I didn't want to drink, she was, she has this ability to just understand and be matter of fact and, and say, yes, I can, you know, I'm here to help. And she was, she, she jumped right in and it was amazing. And it it reminded me why, um, why I married her. Uh, but you know, I have to hold up my end of the bargain. If she's going to sit there and make me the better person that I want to be, I have to be the better person that I want to be. Right. That's part of the deal. And I have to do my best to, to help her be the best, person that she could be i mean that's that's what it is um my wife takes none of my shit at all she is uh she is good like that you know when we first started dating i'd go out and, you know i'd have a couple cigarettes if i went out drinking that that ended real quick um so she keeps me in line like she just doesn't she's you know but she's at the same time she's very supportive and, and everything else so she is uh i would not have stopped drinking if i wasn't married to gabby i, I would guarantee that um so that's you know good choice Jim I, I was able to do that so I quit I quit uh October of 2018 um I had a business that wasn't doing what I wanted it to do I had uh, a, a young buck well I guess a young doe I guess she's a little kid um in Isabel and then I had uh I wanted to be a, a a better husband so one two three line them up and then I used the Iron Man as an excuse um I used the Ironman as an excuse because I felt like it was going to keep me in line. And I knew it was maybe three days, two days after I quit drinking, I said, I'm just going to sign up for the Ironman. Um, I had done half Ironmans before. I've done a triathlon before. um, But I knew that I had a year to train for the Ironman. And if I had that ahead of me, if I ever kind of felt like jumping off that wagon, I knew that if I was going to finish the Ironman, I couldn't drink. Um, And so every spring and fall, it did help. By the way, like every spring and fall, I crave drinking. I just want to sit outside of a bar. Um, and and what I really want is just to have a nice cold beer or a glass of wine. Um, I crave a cigarette, and it's just nice to be outside, and you just do all that, and it brings me, you know, it's just, you know, you have no worries. Like your worries just float away. Um, which is great for the moment, but then you wake up the next day with the same worries and and now a hangover to to deal with them. Um, and so so having the Iron Man ahead of me was was important. It was helpful. Um and, and I had a realization maybe a month later, which really helped me. Um, and this is kind of, you know, the reasons why I was able to kind of stay on track. Um, I was driving one night in Yonkers. I had to go pick something up. And I came up to a light, and there was a bar in the corner, and it was a beautiful, like, Hazy night, like dusk. Um, it was gorgeous outside. It was like 60 degrees, and you want to sit outside. And they had the tables outside. And I'm like, that would be amazing. And it was a long light, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, I really want to go into that bar. And then I decided to ask myself, why? And I had a realization in the moment, like I had this visualization of what I would do in the bar. And all I kept seeing was my hand picking up a pack of cigarettes. And what I realized was that I never actually wanted to drink. What Every time I thought I wanted a drink, what I was actually craving was a cigarette, which is amazing to me because I quit smoking a long time ago. Um, And so all of my cravings for drinking actually had nothing to do with booze. I used to drink to get the smoke taste out of my mouth so I can have another cigarette. And that was like a game changer for me. That was like this for me to say, oh, Jim, you're actually not craving booze. You're, You're craving a cigarette. It's much easier to say you're not allowed to have a cigarette than to say you're not allowed to have a drink. Um, I mean, smoky's just kind of gone the way of, of, you know, the way you're like, nobody smokes anymore. I mean, they do the electronic crap, but that's gross too. But, um, but so, so to admit my, to myself that I actually didn't want booze and have that realization was, um, was amazing. Like booze doesn't taste good I, for anyone who's ever done dry January. Um, where you've quit drinking for a long time and you go back to it, that first sip isn't good. If you think back to the first drink you ever had, you kind of like want to spit it out, but you did it because everybody else was drinking. Your first cigarette or you quit smoking and then you go back to having a cigarette and it's just like, like, oh man, it's gross. But then you're like, okay, I'm back into it. All right. Yeah, this is good. Um, And so that, uh, that realization, um, was amazing for me that I actually, that that's what keeps me from is that I, I realized that I don't enjoy it. Um, and so, so I found that, that benefit and, uh, and so it's, that's it. It's, um, it's one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, I mean, I know I, I ramble a little bit, but those are, those are the stories that I try to get into my psyche a little bit to share. Um, it is one of the best, uh, decisions I ever made. Part of the reason I didn't want to drink was I was afraid of what other people might think. Um, one of the shocking other realizations is that nobody cares. Um, nobody has ever said anything to me about not drinking ever. Uh, one guy made a joke at a concert. I was at a concert in DC with my buddy Patrick and he made a joke cause I was drinking a soda. Oh, it must suck to be the driver. That's it. And I laughed. We laughed. We're like, okay, whatever, buddy. Um, that's it. Like, it's just it, you bring your own um, your own challenges to that. If you want to quit drinking, you, just, you, you have to accept the fact that that's just who you want to be, and that's it. Um, another shocking realization is a lot of people don't drink. When you spend all of your time in a bar, you think that everybody drinks. It's just kind of the environment. Uh, I actually know more people who don't drink than do which when I, that dawned on me, I was like, holy cow, what the hell? Um, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I, I used to joke, I mean, my dark place, uh, drinking really made my dark place bad. Um, and it was really challenging. Um, and then, I mean, and it was probably the smoking more than the drinking, but I mean, they go hand in hand and they, they, uh, really impact the way that you think about things, the way you think about yourself. Um, I used to joke that I hated the general public um, and it was because I mean, really it was just a reflection of, you know, I hated the person that I was. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really just a matter of fact way. My interactions with people uh, are are so much better now. Uh, I'm actually interested in other people. I'm actually curious about their stories. I, I, um, I mean, I used to be that way. I used to have just fun conversations in the bar and I could talk to everybody and we could do all kinds of stuff, but it, I feel like it was hollow. Um, and so, uh, uh, now I, I just love the fact that, um, I'm figuring out the person that I want to be. Um, my business is better. My life is better. My, my family is better. Uh, I feel better. Um, I wake up at four in the morning. I step outside. I I smell the fresh air. it's, It's great. I've got these amazing mornings and life is beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, we still have problems. Uh, everybody has problems, but, uh, my ability to deal with them and handle them, um, is, is just so much better. Uh, and, and I give myself license to deal with things in, in just whatever way that I want to. So, um, anyway, that's my story. Uh, it's why I don't drink. It's, it's, I don't drink. Um, if I had to wrap it up in a nutshell, it doesn't help me. Um, and my life is better without it. And, um, that's it. So uh for those who are struggling, I guess I should probably put resources on the website, I'll look them up. Um obviously AA is everywhere. I never went to an AA meeting. Um and I, I never had to do that. Uh I looked into it, but um it just it didn't feel like it was for me. Um I did tell my wife that I would consider it. Um, cuz she just asked like do you need AA? And I said no, I don't, I don't think I do. Um but if if it didn't work on my own then I I told myself that I would. Um, and I, I feel like I, I didn't need it, uh, simply because I am a solitary person. Um, and I, you know, for better or worse, I mean, it's not a good thing, but, um, uh, I needed to understand it myself. Like, you know, peer pressure isn't really going to work for me. Um, so, uh, but AA does a lot of good work for a lot of good people. If you want a good book on AA, I think he did AA. Russell Brand's book recovery was fantastic. Um, love him or hate him. I know people have strong feelings about Russell Brand. I don't know why, but uh, the guy is, is wickedly smart. So he wrote a, an amazing book uh, on his journey. Uh, which I got a lot out of. Um, this is how by Augustine Burrows, of course, um, is a great perspective shift. Uh, he's dealt with a lot of these things as well. Um, so there, there are mental health resources. It's a big thing. If I'm happy to talk to anybody, if you wanted to to reach out, um, I'm I'm happy to be that person. So um, reach out, uh, talk to people, think about it. Um, again, if you want to drink, go drink. That's I mean, that's your your prerogative. This is. Uh, Uh, We are in isolation um, and we're drinking a lot. Um, People are doing that. So uh, I feel like a lot of people now are just questioning that. So uh, that's my story. That's my journey. I hope it was helpful and uh, more to come on on the website. So please visit bellweatherhub.com, and uh, there's all kinds of good stuff on there. I've got lots of good stories. So check it out and thank you for listening and I appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. Now, do something for yourself. Bellwether is much more than just a podcast. Join us at bellweatherhub.com where you can read riveting articles, view upcoming events, and connect with other interesting people. I look forward to seeing you out there soon.